Welcome to the Exploring Leadership Show, where we talk with some of the world's most forward-thinking, influential CEOs and other top business leaders to learn about leadership experiences and how they're building world-class organizations. Brought to you by Warrior Leadership. Now, here's your host, Spence Taylor. I feel very fortunate today to have Terry Cutler as my guest on the show. Terry is the founder and CEO of Sciology Labs, based in Montreal, Canada. Terry, welcome to the show. Hey, thanks for having me, Spencer. Very excited to have our guests hear from you. I've been blessed to have met with you once already and a little bit of off-air conversation today before we hit record. And just really excited to continue to get to know you and again to introduce you to our guests. And love to just start there, meeting with you. What are, what are the top few things that listeners should know about you as far as your past and kind of where you come from? What's brought you to the point where you're running Sciology Labs? Well, apart from my dashing good looks. Um, of course, of course. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I've always been passionate about, about computers since the age of 10. So I, I've been in IT now for over 20 years. I used to work for this very large software company called Novell at the time. Maybe some of the listeners might know NetWare and GroupWise and all these things. So back in 2005, I started getting inspired by watching shows like CSI and 24. You guys remember Jack Bauer and Chloe O'Brien? I was wondering, how, does, how on earth does she hack into all these systems so fast? And that's when there was a course called the Certified Ethical Hacker that was just coming out. And um, when, I, when I begged my boss to get into this course, I learned how the hackers are breaking in. So armed with this knowledge, I felt it was my duty to share this with the general public on how to keep safe online, you know, keep the general public and businesses, um, how to avoid getting hacked and scammed and all this kind of stuff. Now, you know, I share a lot of content online for free, you know, blogs. I get, I get interviewed a lot on television to, you know, help out folks disseminate how these breaches are happening, what they could do to prevent themselves from, from being a victim. And that's it. Now I teach to over 32,000 students from 160 countries. So you're just sitting around staring at the wall then. You're not, you're not busy at all. Just uh... Right. Exactly. <laughs> Actually, no, what was really, really interesting is that, and it's the weirdest part, I started winning all these, these awards in the last couple of years. And one of them, which really shocked me, uh, there's this organization out of the UK called IFSEC Global. And every year there's thousands of entries that come in and uh, they build this top 20 who's who in the world of cybersecurity. And they named me number one most influential person in cybersecurity worldwide, which I found interesting because I can't even influence my kids to come to the table without an iPad. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's phenomenal. I mean, congrats on that. It's, I'm sure it's uh, more than deserved. And you yeah. obviously have been doing uh, incredible work. Now, a couple of things from uh, the intro. First of all, I I would say I was. I haven't watched it for a long time. But when 24 was, was, come, was out, like was... I guess live, like on the air. I was such a big fan. I was always amazed. I would get to the point where it kind of bothered me how much bad stuff could happen in 24 hours, right? <laughs> I mean, the whole idea of the show is like, this is real time. You're watching it happen in 24 hours. It's like, you know, Jack's wrestling this bad dude and he's got a arms, you know, slashed with a knife and then cuts over to his daughter who's being followed by a puma in the wilderness and then over to, you know, anyway, I just thought it was so funny that, like everything that can go wrong did go wrong within that one 24 hour period. And every time he has a lead, the lead dies. And he has to go yeah. find another lead. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Let's start all over. But I love the connection though. I, I do remember Chloe, you said was her name, right? I can't even remember. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but just, yeah, just 
being fascinated as well. So I actually ran into her. I ran into her a couple of years ago at an after show party at the Just for Laughs here in Montreal. And uh, I actually told her the story as she was so inspired. But, uh, you know, now she's in stand up comedy. Wow, that's amazing. So you were watching her and then you, you visited with her after. Is that? Yeah, exactly. Okay. I was a big awesome. fan of her character. Well, I'll have to look her up and see if she's any good. That's pretty great. Yeah. <laughs> well, you've seen, you've already seen her in shows like uh, movies like Night School with uh, Kevin Hart. Okay. She, she's been in a couple of movies. So. Yeah. Didn't even mm-hmm. make that connection. Interesting. Well, so, and, and I get back to the, the trade that you're in, uh, the whole pursuing the certified ethical hacker path and, and some of this. I mean, it, it's something that I, so as a lay person of a non-expert in your space, yesterday I get an email and it says your Microsoft password uh, needs to be updated. And that's something that Microsoft actually will do from time to time. They have you update it. So I did click on the button in the email. And as soon as I clicked on it, my browser said, oh, this is suspicious. Anyway, so I, I caught on to the fact that it wasn't legitimate and stopped at that point. But walk us through, if you don't mind, as an expert in the space, like what was going on there? Is it possible that even just clicking on the link, even though I didn't proceed past the gate, so to speak, of my browser saying this is suspicious, that I could have infected my computer? What would have happened if I would have ignored that or it hadn't come up? Like, you know, what's really going on? Why, why are people sending out these messages trying to pretend to be big companies? I think that's called a phishing attack. If I That's remember right. That. Phishing attack. Yeah. Okay. So, you know, if we go back to, um, you know, if you want to be a criminal, let's say back in the day and you want to be a drug dealer, well, you had to, you know, go overseas, find a, a, de- a supplier, you know, bring the drugs overseas you know, then you got, you know, you got the, sh- the ship could sink, you got guard dogs, you got all these things that can happen to your product, right? And you got to go sell them in the street and, and, ba- and, and bad things can happen to your service. But now these criminals are moved online. There's ways for them th- to hide their tracks so many ways that it makes law enforcement's job very difficult. So now what's happening is, you know, back in the day, they used to go around hacking your firewall and, um, you know, infect your website and, and make you look like a fool. But now, you know, the cyber criminals are getting lazier and lazier. They don't have time to go and hack your firewall and get detected when all they have to do is send a specially crafted email to your inbox saying, hey, this is Microsoft. You, your password's expired. Please reset it. Most people never check the link and they click on it. And if they're not, if they're not using like proper antivirus uh, technology, they won't even get an alert. And they'll, they'll think they're signing in. But what's happening is the moment they type in their, their username and password, They've actually given the cyber criminal in real time that information. Mm-hmm. And they're going to take that information and sign to your real account and, and hold it hostage. Oh, you want your email box back? It'll be three Bitcoin. Now, you might be mm-hmm. thinking, okay, well, oh, it's only three Bitcoin. How much could that be? The problem is, like, every Bitcoin is like, worth, like, what, 30 grand today? So yeah. it costs you, like, 90,000 bucks to get your account back. Man, that is intense. So, how much, like, I guess I'm thinking of your. Your world is like if we put it into a pie chart and you're looking at the slices of the pie, like what's the biggest slice? Where are you spending most of your time as you as you help primarily companies you shared with me? You, you're, you're very kind in helping some consumers. Maybe we'll come back around to that. Uh, but as you help your clients, what's the primary area of focus? Unfortunately, a lot of it is uh, reactive. What's happening is they're calling up saying they've, they've been hacked or they've been ransomware, which is the number one form of online extortion today. So people are clicking on links they're not supposed to, or they haven't updated their, their software properly. And the ransomware gets in the environment. And the ransomware's job is to 
go through your network and hold everything hostage, all your data, your personal photos or your company photos or your documents. All that stuff gets held up for hostage and up for a ransom. And um, in the end, even your backups are encrypted. So it's either you're going to either restore from backup if you have some type of offline backup, hopefully you do. If not, you're going to be faced with a situation where pay the cyber criminals or lose your business. And like you look, if you look at things like the Colonial Pipeline as an example, sometimes it's faster to pay the ransom and less expensive to pay the ransom than it is to rebuild their systems and get up and get it back up to the way they were. So some companies are forced to pay the ransom in the end, even though they don't want to. Well, so the tricky thing about ransom, again, I'm mean, at prior military intelligence and kind of working with some of the counterterrorism efforts uh, earlier in my career is that it's it's like a snowball, right? Like as soon as one ransom gets paid, then those that are seeking ransom or those observing those seeking ransom uh, take note and think, okay, well, this is something we could do. So let's go get more ransom. It just snowballs and becomes a bigger and bigger problem. Yep. So, I mean, is there is there some type of root solution then? Like, is there something that we could do to, uh, I mean, I know this is like an impossible question, but I'm just curious, like, is there some type of magic bullet where we can make big changes where companies or, you know, these, these uh, really terrorists, uh, whether they're, you know, local or global terrorists, cyber terrorists are uh, disabled. They're no longer able to succeed or what is the, the root cause solution? Well, right now, if you, if you notice, there was, um, there was a, there was an organization called dark side that uh, hacked in the colonial, right. And they asked for a ransom and a day or so later they got hacked into and their money, their money was stolen Right, mm-hmm. but it looks like the government was behind it with law enforcement, so they were able to, to notice that um, their systems were vulnerable, and they, they they took advantage of it. But the average companies that are doing you know ethical hacking and whatever, it's going to be very difficult for us to 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 do this type of work because we need warrants. There's uh, international collaboration; these these servers are out of the country, so we need to have uh, like we don't have jurisdiction. So government was going to have to get involved, but government is is obviously overwhelmed with a lot of other things. But as a, as a company, you know there is technology that exists. Like for example, we're a partner of CrowdStrike. For example, CrowdStrike is a well known company that that builds software that prevents ransomware. So we can le- we can leverage this technology to um, to help protect your organization. And what's cool is depending on what what the level you're at with the software, if you get breached with their software on it, they'll take care of the bill. Hmm. So okay. there's ways that uh, you know there's like a, an insurance policy that can be taken out on your your environment. Yeah, that's pretty fascinating. And, and that's is that some of the work you do? Like you'll get called in on a, a project that's actually covered by that, and that's who's paying yep. you as opposed to the company. Correct. Yeah, we work with insurance firms and oh, uh, and, and law firms because you need because once you get once you get uh, breached, what happens is that you don't only get your data held hostage. Now what's happening is the cyber criminals have made a copy of your data. Saying, well, hey, you know, since you've recovered from your backups and you don't want to pay us, now you're going to pay us, or else we're going to leak your data. And now you can get hit with regulatory fines, you can get hit with lawsuits, which could be more expensive than the ransom. So it's like a double mm-hmm. extortion going on right now. Yeah. Wow. Why? Well, hey, some of these cyber criminals made ninety million dollars in four months. Man. So, yeah, and that, that's that's amazing. Just that. Uh, I don't know. We could we could probably go off on uh, a tangent of just the we're in the wrong fr- business, Spencer. Yeah, the, I mean the frustrating <laughs> side that there are. I mean that's an amazing amount of money, but just that there are people willing to to I guess stoop that low um, yeah. and take something that doesn't belong to them and that's in such it. a 
significant way that's hurting people's lives and taking that's their it. livelihoods. Well, they, they don't realize too. And they don't realize also like they think that, oh, my computer got hacked. My business got hacked. Big deal. But they don't realize that it actually has a real world consequence. Mm-hmm. You know, there's been companies that got hit with a ransomware, had to pay the bill and had to lay off 200 people. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. That human toll, I think, is what uh, what pulls at my heartstrings the most significantly. Yeah. That's interesting. Well, so, and I had to ask another follow-up question on that. Uh, I guess as I'm trying to put myself in your shoes, I'm thinking about just, it it must be a challenge sometimes not to start to see the world in a more negative, through a more negative lens, so to speak, because you're dealing with these problems all the time. It's kind of like a detective who's like um, helping stop child pornography, for example, like something that awful, like they're dealing with that every day. It's almost like you start to see everybody as a criminal and this is kind of getting into the, the overall purpose of the show, which is leadership. Like this is a personal leadership question. I guess we could say it that way. How do you keep yourself focused? I mean, you're, I've known you a short time, but I can already tell you're a positive person. Like you have really good energy. You're kind and thoughtful. How do you stay that way and not slide into this place of like, man, I'm just sick of all the criminals out there? Well, it's got to be the rum and cokes. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> it's, uh, no, it's... um. You know, what's a bit frustrating on my side is that some of these breaches that occur, especially on the individual side, could be avoided by a simple fix called, let's say, multi-factor authentication. But the problem that I'm dealing with, you know, when I get when I get companies calling me up or individuals calling up, is that um, they don't care about cybersecurity until it's too late. But once it's too late, they think it's a five-minute fix. But this can take days, weeks, and months to fix. And... Um, you know, we just got to, you know, we try to educate them as much as possible. And, uh, but what's interesting is that once the, once you've experienced a cyber attack, you become an advocate to your fellow peers about, you know, how to avoid not becoming like what happened to them. So, yeah, yeah. maybe we can use this as a metaphor then, because we have obviously the, the literal, uh, security that's needed to protect an organization's data and their customers and all that. And I think there, there's kind of a maybe personal mindset security. Like what, what are the protections that, uh, that you've put on your own mind and that you would suggest as a business leader, you would suggest to, to other business leaders that they can put on their own minds and, and in their own way of leading. I know this is maybe a little bit of a stretch, but go with me if you will on this kind of metaphorical journey. Like what are those protections that, that uh, we can install so that we see people in the right light. We don't assume they're out to get us. Uh, we don't you know, slip into this place of seeing everybody as a criminal, as I kind of said earlier, and we're able to have that resiliency and optimism and um, what other, whatever other attributes, compassion and caring for one another. Um, do you have any thoughts around that? I know this is like stepping outside your world, but I'm trying to draw that, the, the pattern of the world you live in over into kind of this personal leadership side of things and finding uh, some advice or counsel from you on, on how to do that well. That's a really tough question, actually. It is. <laughs> um, like, for example, on the business side, like you know, to protect yourself against um, cyber attacks and stuff like this, you want to have what's called a. I mean, the world is going towards what's called what's called zero trust model. It's where you know we're going to protect the data, and we don't we don't trust anybody that's actually accessing it because everybody could be impersonated. So we have to have proper processes in place that can help validate who's really accessing things. Because the mindset of the executives are still, well, I just need a good antivirus, I need a good firewall, and I have encryption, and I'm safe. But those are traditional cybersecurity technologies. But once a hacker bypasses this, they have no systems in place to detect that there's a hacker in the system. 
And that's why hackers are staying inside a company for six to 18 months prior to being detected. Mm. Wow. And then they have no response plan to kick the hacker out once it's been detected. So what's interesting is that 80% of the budget for cybersecurity is going towards antivirus, firewalls, and, and such like basic traditional security, when in fact, most of that money should be put towards detection because it's the most important thing. So, um, you know, the, the, the thought leaders need to kind of change their mindset to thinking, hey, you know, do I really know what's running in my environment? And most companies don't. That's why they require an audit, at least as a baseline, to have a third party come in with fresh eyes and look at your company, look at your environment to see what things you may have missed. So on the on the human side of, of business, then I mean again, this zero trust model that that phrase is just so interesting to me, and I get what you just said, like that it, it makes sense in that world that you just can't assume that someone is a credible source because of the spoofing and you know whatever else can be done. But on the human side, you know, human to human interaction. Uh, although our guests can't see us, you and you and I can see each other. Like I can at least right. virtually look into your eyes and you know kind of see your body language, like. There's there's a uh, trust but verify is kind of one phrase that's out there when it, mostly that's used from a, a leader to follower standpoint. Like I'm going to trust my people, but I'm going to verify that they're doing the right thing. There's the uh, trust until people give you a reason not to trust them. Um, you mentioned before that you just you're you're just onboarding a new employee. Let's use that as an example. Yep. How did you know? I think this is a, a gentleman, right? It's a, it's a man. Yep. Um, how did you know that you could trust this gentleman and you're, you're, you're putting an important part of your business in his hands? So talk us through that. What was that experience like, again, on the human to human level? Right. Okay. So, so luckily, I knew this gentleman a couple of years before I hired him. So I worked with him at, a, at, another, at another company. So I've, I've seen his worth, uh, work ethics. I've seen uh, his personality. Uh, and I've seen that he cares. The, the care part has to be top of the list because he's not looking for a paycheck. He's looking for ways to help grow the business, to par- be part of the family, we'll say. right? He's got to be part of, the, of the, com- the company culture. And if there's no proper culture fit, uh, you need to get rid of that right away because that, that can sink your business. If, if, you know, throw, in, throw in somebody who doesn't fit into your family – and see how that works. Mm, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So that was my, that was the number one thing I was looking for. Well, I love that. There's several things that stand out to me there and, and we can maybe uh, highlight a couple of these and then ultimately uh, convert those into uh, some type of action item that we can leave our listeners with. Um, so you mentioned you, you knew him before, so you had worked with him, you've, you had observed him, collaborated with him. Again, you, you mentioned you, you saw that he cared. He genuinely cared, not just looking for, basically a selfish, uh, just the selfish side. I mean, we all have to be selfish in some sense that we have to earn an income, but he's yep. not only worried about that. He sees a bigger uh, opportunity to make a difference and help grow your Correct. organization and Correct. be part of something bigger. Yep. So that that's fascinating to, to me just to kind of go through that list. The caring specifically, I know that uh, the way you approach things, you walk the talk. Uh, it's not just something you say, but you actually do it. For example, you told me off the air that uh, you often get calls from consumers who have been hacked or are having a concern or have a question. Uh, it would be really easy for you to basically hang up the phone and be like, I don't have time to, to help you. But how do you handle those calls? What, what's, maybe that can just be a, an example of this pattern uh, of caring. All right, I'll give you an example. 
one of the calls that are that's coming in more frequently, especially since uh, the start of COVID, I'm getting a lot of calls from, I think my spouse is cheating on me or he's hacking on me. Uh, I need to find out what's going on. <laughs> okay. So obviously we don't <laughs> deal with these types of calls yeah. because, you know, in, in order for us to investigate somebody else's devices, you need to have consent. And obviously we're not going to get consent from the husband or whoever it is. And we're not going to go and hack into his device because that is illegal. So we don't type, we don't touch these type of cases. Uh, but you know, they'll always ask, you know, well, who can you refer to? So I'll just say, go speak to a lawyer or, you know, just get a divorce. <laughs> it's good. If you don't trust the guy, get a divorce. That's the simplest way. Uh, or example, in a case where somebody does get hacked, my biggest thing is sometimes they want us to investigate it, like how they can get their account back and whatever. But sometimes if it's so far gone, we'll say, look, you know, we charge too much money an hour to make it worth your while for us to get back, you know, your free Gmail or whatever account. So a lot of times I'll say, look, I'll, I'll pass off some free knowledge or, you know, give them access to my free masterclass, which will show them how not to get hacked again. Because I'll explain it to them. You know, if we charge $300 an hour and, and we can't even guarantee the work, how do you feel about getting a bill for like 1200 bucks, but we couldn't get your stuff back? And how willing, how willing are you to be to pay that bill? So we don't even, we don't even want to deal with the hassle. Mm, gotcha. Well, what I love is that you're not just saying, we don't do that, goodbye. You know, you're right, saying, yeah. here's something you could do. Here's some free information. Um, Correct. That, that's really, really noble. I like that yeah. a lot. Because, you know, we've, we've all called companies and say, well, you know, since you don't do that, can you, can you refer somebody else? They'll always say, nope, can't help you. Mm-hmm. But but do they really not know? You know, <laughs> they could go the extra effort to, uh, to to help the person. You know. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yep, that, that's that's well said. It's a great story. Well, so getting uh, one other uh, phrase that I wanted to ask you about. You told me that you your goal is to to be the Tony Robbins of cybersecurity. You're obviously globally known at this point, globally uh, recognized through formal awards and media exposure, and just invitations to be a guest expert on lots of different platforms. What are your next steps uh, toward achieving that? And what are you doing to make sure the right people are around you? Because if you look at Tony Robbins as, as the example, since you called him out specifically, and you know, he's got a whole team of people that are, are kind of lifting him up. Obviously, he's amazing by himself, but he couldn't do it by himself. He's got all, you know, all sorts of coordination, back end and planning and all these things that have to happen just as you do and will in the future as you continue elevating your own career and life. So love to hear just more about your vision around that to, to help sure. us feel inspired. Okay. So, um, so I, I started getting involved with internet marketing back in 2012. So I started, you know, getting inspired by watching guys like Jeff Walker, Frank Kern, Russell Brunson, all these guys that, that, that speak to the masses, but have a lot of automation in the back end that can help support leads. So, you know, that whole click funnels thing, but I use Kartra uh, so there's ways to, you know, if a lead comes in, he, they opt into the funnel. Then uh, there's a whole marketing campaign that goes behind it, which is all automated. So I've been I've been lucky to help build my brand that way. I've been on a lot of platforms and such. Um, but my, one of the issues I was always having, you know, going back to the whole how do you find and build your team, I get solicited like crazy by these so-called branding experts that want to help bring me to the next level, but it's like they only got like 300 followers versus tens of thousands that I have. Um, so it's, uh, that's my next thing is, you know, just focus on how to speak better, 
how to surround myself with experts that that really have a bigger following than me and have done it before and 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 you know partner up with these folks that can help get me to the next level. I love that. And I, I love your kind of the caution that you just issued as well. Just basically be careful who you follow. Follow oh, yeah. those who are at least a few steps. In fact, I, I just did kind of a, a reflective uh, episode where I talked about the first 30 or so episodes that we've done up to this point. And that was one of the things that I shared that stood out to me is, is this wisdom of following people who are actually ahead of you rather than following, you know, people who are further behind, like that doesn't make any sense to be like, here, I'll pay you some money so that I can be less successful, basically, right? That's kind of the the implied idea there. Yeah. And I mean, anybody can be like, you know, a thought leader, you know, today, it's like, turn on your camera, do a live, share your knowledge, don't expect anything in return, just just give, 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 give. And um, eventually, you're going to be known for, for sharing extremely valuable information. You'll be a, you'll be a, you'll become a, a trusted expert, and people buy from people they trust, and that's how you build a brand uh, as quickly as possible. I love that. Yep, and that, that uh, I think trust we could say is a key theme of our conversation. Again, going back to your earlier on the cyber side, the zero trust model, but on the human side, uh, trusting a little more liberally and not not just blindly, but basing it off of real experience with real people demonstrating real value, like, again, like your new hire example that we kind of touched on. So I, I love that theme of trust. Uh, along those lines, and maybe maybe our action item is more of a technical action item, and that's totally fine. Uh, I know that our listeners will be blessed by that, or maybe it's more of a, uh, I guess, more of a leadership type of action, whichever you're more comfortable with. What, what do you invite our listeners to do today to take something that we've talked about and put it into action? Okay, so let's, let's, uh, let's do a bit of both, actually. On the technical side, um, one of the biggest problems that's happening right now is there's so many data breaches happening. People are reusing their password almost on every site. Okay, so when what problem is when one site gets breached, the cyber criminals will have access to your password and they're going to try and reuse it to sign into your real accounts, like your Instagram, your your business emails. They're going to try and hold it hostage. So make sure you create a strong password. Let's give an example. To create a strong password, you want to have a mixture of uppercase, lowercase, and symbols in your password, and you want to have between 16 and 25 characters long. Now, I know what you're thinking, right? Is this guy nuts? Like, how do you remember a password this long? But if you can think of song lyrics or phrases, that's going to help you think of a good phrase. Let's take a fast example. A simple phrase, I had a great day at work, 2021, exclamation point. Pretty simple phrase. Remove the spacing, capitalize each letter of the word, and that password alone will take 10 years to break. But if you replace the O's with a zero and the A's with an at symbol, it'll take like 39 centuries to crack. Okay, <laughs> So that's the password side. Get Make sure you create strong passwords because everything is being hacked right now. You also want to turn on two-step verification. This is where you're going to enter your email address, your password, and then a text message uh, will come to your phone with a random code, which you also have to enter. So this way, if some if cyber, uh, cyber criminals got a hold of your password, they won't be able to get into your account without that code. You want to make sure your systems are up to date. Don't use the free antivirus software. Make sure you're using paid versions of this stuff. Softwares like Malwarebytes or um, or Bitdefender or, or uh, Kaspersky. Like these are all some software that they're more advanced than the free stuff. On the business side, you know, just start sharing your knowledge and you know, make sure it's make sure you put on every platform as much as possible and do what's called omnipresence. So, for example, here we're doing a podcast, share it on my LinkedIn and on my Facebook. So you want to be on every platform as much as possible. So this way your name goes around 
and that you're not looking for you know, a, a quick hit, whatever you're there to help individuals for the long term or businesses for long term. Love it. It's great counsel. Uh, and just as one more example of a strong password, here's mine. Just kidding. I'm not really going to share my password <laughs> on the podcast. What's your but password? <laughs> right. No, but I love what you shared. Very practical. Uh, again, even on the, the knowledge side of the, the business side, I love how you talk about sharing your knowledge, basically being generous with your knowledge. And, and to me, that speaks to kind of that abundance mentality of there's plenty to go around in the sense of, you know, there's plenty of clients, plenty of money, plenty of opportunity. If we will all think about it that way and, and look how we look at how we can contribute to others' success. And I know it's, uh, hopefully it's well known, but I think it's from Zig Ziglar. He talked about, you know, if you can help other people get what they want, you'll never have to worry That's right. about. If, if you help enough people get what they want, enough people will help get what you want. There you go. You got it. Awesome. Yeah. So I just, I think that's a, again, another power principle here at the end. Uh, well, Terry, I'm so thankful for this time with you. I really appreciate it. You're doing great things. If people want to connect with you, your company, the work you're doing, what's the best way they can do that? Sure. Also, maybe I could tell listeners that I also have a three-part masterclass, which is free, available online. And uh, it actually walks you through all the latest scams. I even walk you through how to know if you are potentially a target of a cyber criminal and how you can lock down your digital world. So you can access that at terrycutler.com. That's my personal blog. And you can click on Internet Safety Course at the top and you'll get access to the stuff right away. So Terry Cutler is kind of like my main hub to access my company, which is sciologylabs.com which we can look at all the services. We can help you get audits. We can help you get started in cybersecurity uh, for your business. So the, I guess the starting point will be at terrycutler.com. Okay, perfect. Yeah, we'll, we'll make sure we include that. And we can also include your Psyology Labs website as well, if you'd like, in the show notes. So it's easy for people to click and, and uh, connect with you. So that's, and, uh, I, I mean, we, uh, we've we got to be friends on LinkedIn. So if you want, we can also put your LinkedIn profile if other people oh, amazing. Want, to, sure. want to connect with you there. So. Uh, yep. oh, that's, that's phenomenal. Well, again, you're, you're a tremendous uh, force for good in the world, Terry. Really appreciate you investing some of your time with me and, and just grateful for what you shared. Have a great one. I appreciate it. Oh, I really appreciate you having me on. This is great. Thank you so much. Thanks for joining us for this episode of the Exploring Leadership Show. To receive a free company health assessment that clarifies your company's greatest strengths and biggest opportunities to improve, visit warriorslead.com. We'll see you next time.